Because if it had not been for you, we would not be here. We opened our eyes this morning, God, because you gave us the strength to open our eyes. We were able to rise because you gave us strength and our limbs and the facilities of our body. We were able to get here, God, because you blessed us and brought us the way of safety and did not allow harm to come to us, Lord. We're grateful to again come into your presence because we know where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And as we come before you today, have your way, Lord. Let flesh be crucified that you might be glorified, that your people might be edified in the name of Jesus. For God in you is life. And that's what we seek, God, life eternal life God we pray oh God today that you will touch every person that have come seeking you Lord bind the hand of the devil God rebuke the hand of the enemy Lord God let your anointing that resonates in this place even now God let there be an outpouring on your people we need you God to take us to another level in you Lord God we're faced with demonic forces God evil spirits have come up against us Lord and we need to be fortified with your power God we can't make it on our own strength God we don't have enough to stand on Lord but we know God that your joy is our strength fill us up on today in the name of Jesus somebody have come this morning burdened down God with the issues of life God somebody God is in the battle of their life somebody's God fighting in their mind and in their spirit Lord where the devil have come into war against them Lord but we thank you God because we know greater are you that's within us than he that is within this world God we know God that you are a deliverer Lord that you're the same yesterday today and forever and you're no short of your promise Lord and you're able to deliver us Lord touch us on today Lord we need you like never before fill us up with the Holy Ghost God uh, and give us a refilling Lord uh, that when we leave here today Lord uh, we can leave with your anointing Lord uh, that as we meet men and women boys and girls uh, they might be converted to know who you are Lord uh, in the mighty name of Jesus we pray uh, we thank you because you are a healer uh, you're the God that healeth thee uh, and healing is in your wings uh, and you're able to touch our feeble bodies uh, you're able to save our troubled souls uh, and in the name of Jesus, uh, bind every demon, Lord, uh, every demonic force, Lord, uh, God, that comes to keep us uh, in the same place, Lord. Uh, we're willing, God, to surrender uh, and say yes to your will, Lord. Uh, we're willing to turn our lives, God, uh, over into your hands, Lord, uh, because we come to the place, God, uh, where we realize 
lives like never before. We need you, Jesus. More than anything we know, we need you, Jesus. While men are trying to find God, solutions to this chaotic world, God, we're looking to you, Lord, because we know for every right desire, there is an answer. And Jesus, you're that answer. There's no need for us, God, to turn hither or thither, Lord. We need but to look for you, Lord, because you're the answer, God, for our troubled lives, Lord. Touch on the day, God. Break every yoke, oh God. Save on the day, God. Deliver on the day, God. Jesus, we need you, Lord. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We're crying out to you, Lord. We know that you're able to save our souls. We know that you're able, God, to heal our bodies, Jesus. We know that you're able, God, to turn our situations around. Jesus, no other help we know. No other help we know. No other help we know, God. You're able, Jesus, to deliver our children. You're able, Jesus, to save the unsaved husband. You're able, Jesus, to heal the cancer patient. Nothing too hard for you, Jesus. No other God we know. We know that you're able, Jesus. We know that you're able, Jesus. We say yes to your will, God. Yes to your way, Lord. Have your way, Jesus. And we'll thank you for it. And we'll give your name the praise. And we'll bless you, Lord. Yes, we thank you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. Come on, open your mouth and give the Lord some praise.
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. New world son. And uh, I'm thankful this morning unto Almighty God to uh, still have them, still be able to listen to the old songs um, from them. That that That's wonderful to me. I do like it. I do like it. And uh, well, as a matter of fact, I love it. I just got to be honest and I'm uh, thankful unto Almighty God for it this morning. I, I mean, years and years uh, I've been listening to this song, and I'm so grateful unto you, Brother Louis. Thank you, thank you. And uh, he sent me the whole CD. Yeah, so I have the entire CD up here. And I had downloaded it, but I then went through about three new computers, if not four. And so I got to re-download it. And I thank God for it. Thank God for good gospel music that we can listen to and and be encouraged, be encouraged this morning. We're going in with um, a favorite of mine, and I hope it's a favorite of yours too, The Wolf is at the Door. And oh yeah, I love that Salvation Station too. And, and uh, Babylon, it's quite a few of them on there I love. Yeah, we're going in with The Wolf is at the Door, and then we... Um, going to take a listen to Dr. Philip R. Jackson. This is the man that had the skin disease. He couldn't read. He couldn't write. Uh, his mom sent him to school with makeup on, and uh, they put him out in the hallway at the school because he was getting makeup on everybody and everything. And uh, this man ended up, I think, at General Motors or Ford, one of the two, with a I mean, a, a excellent position with excellent pay. And he couldn't read, remember, but today his title is Dr. Philip R. Jackson. It's a wonderful testimony. And so he's going to talk to us today about learning to wait on God. That's most important, learning to wait on God. Because we talked about it won't always be like this. But in order for it not to always be like that for you, we got to wait on God. Hallelujah. He's coming. He already knows. He knew when you woke up this morning what it was. He knew the bad news you would get throughout the day of yesterday, the day before. He knew the good news you'll get today and tomorrow and forever. You know, the trials that you're going through, he allowed you to go through the trials because our trials come to make us strong. And he wants us to be strong in him because, again, today he gave us power, love, and a sound mind. And I want to share this this morning. I'm noticing, well, I notice it many times, but people come faithfully, but somewhere in there they're not hearing it. Somewhere in there they're not getting it. And I'm thinking they think it's me, but it's not me here. And any morning you hear me here, it is not Barbara. Uh-uh. It is almighty God that have all power. And if we're not paying attention to what he say and applying this to our everyday life, we're going to suffer. But if we apply God's word to our everyday life, tell that devil, no, you can't come in here. No, I'm not listening to what you can. Shut up. Shut up. I am not listening to what you got to say. I don't want to hear it. For great is he that lives within me than he that is in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. 
I'm the head today and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. Yeah, I'm more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus that loved me. You gotta you gotta put that devil in his place. Don't listen to what he's saying. He'll have you out here looking like a fool. He'll have you saying foolish things out your mouth. You'll be saying one thing but doing another. You gotta shut him down every time. Don't let him talk to you. Do not let him dictate to you what to do. You want to follow the spirit of the Lord. You want to ask God to lead and guide you in everything, every little thing. Lord, lead and guide me. Don't let me be out here saying this and doing that and looking like a fool. Don't let me do it. Because the devil pay attention and he see, oh, she said that, but look what she doing. And he will come in and work against you. You, he told you what to do. You followed his instructions, and he'll still work against you. Yeah, so we want to pay attention to the word of God. Get in your word. Pray for wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. I used to have to put a wristband on. I, I remember putting things on my finger and ranging diff- on different fingers so I could remember different scriptures. Whatever it took for me to remember the word, that's what I did. And apply it. Because you can know it, but if you don't apply it, it won't do you no good. You got to put the word of God into action in your life. And not look at other people. Because what they got going on, it won't help you. You have to get your own relationship with God. You have to get your own personal private Bible study going. Personal private prayer life. And not praying for stuff and things and what other people got and they doing this and that and why I can't do it. Now, our situations are different. We didn't live the same life. We didn't come from the same background. So what we have to do is go to God for us. He has forgiven us for all the wrong we've done in our past. So now we go to him for everything. Lord, I need a a, a new hot water heater. Lord, I, I, I need a new car. God, I need more money. Whatever it is, you go to him for it now. Lord, the enemy keep coming and talk to me. Lord, I ask that you would rebuke him for my sake. I ask that you would bind him up for me in the name of Jesus. But God wants us to use that power he gave us, and he wants us to be bold. Holy boldness is what we need. So we can stand up to that devil and tell him, you got to go. I can't take no more of you. Don't come trying to talk to me. I don't want to hear it. I bind you up out my house, out my mind, out my ear. I bind you up today and cast you back to the pits of hell, never to return. Don't you come back talking about that to me. Nothing out of my past, nothing in my future that may happen bad to me. I don't want to hear that because God said, I'm more than. God says, I'm the head and not the tail. He said, I shall live and not die to declare his work. I got work to do. I got people to encourage. Yeah, you you, you got to give him what he needs. And that's a trip back to hell every time. Because he come to steal, according to John 10 and 10, he come to steal, kill, and destroy. And we don't want none of that. And if you'll go to the book of James and pay attention to what James is telling you over there in James, I believe is... Um, chapter 1 and take a look at that and watch what happens. 
And see, when we read the word, we got to believe what we're reading. Yeah, when I read the word, I see. I'm right there when he was on the mount giving stuff out, when he was healing the sick, when he was on the mount teaching. I was right there with him. I'm not just home sitting on reclined on my couch studying, or I'm not at the table just reading the word, but I go there so that I can see, so that I can believe. And what I mean by see is in your mind, you're imagining yourself being there. Yeah. I've been there many times up on the mount with him. He up on the mount teaching, and I'm sitting on the side eating an apple or I'm sitting on the side eating a plum grant, you know, and, and or whatever I'm doing, I might be sitting there and taking notes while he preaching over in Matthew 5 and 5. Yeah, the Beatitudes, and I'm right there, I'm right there, and I'm getting all I can out of that. When he talks about healing, I'm right there because I need healing. Hallelujah. Spiritual, physically, and mentally, daily, I need the healing from God. So I'm talking to him about these things. I'm not talking to him about foolishness. I, I just don't have time. Yeah. I sleep good at night. I sleep good in the day. I eat good. Yeah. I eat the good of the land because that's what he said. Yeah. I'm not down about the way because I want to walk in the light of Jesus. Walking in the light because I realize holiness is right. He said, without holiness, a clean way of living daily, no man can see God. But we want to put our personal feelings in there and jump up and say, God understand. And believe me or not, that's a bad thing. Because he truly understands the very intent of your evil heart. Yeah, he know. He hear what we say, but he's looking at what we're doing. Well, what is Barbara talking about? He's looking at that. He's listening to that. But then he's looking at, well, what is Barbara doing? Yeah. And see, a lot of times we don't believe this stuff. We don't believe it. We just uh, out here on the surface. Now you got to get deep in it and believe what God said. And you will be all right. He can heal you today. Right now, he did it for me. Mm-hmm. I needed a little more enforcement, reinforcement for the cough. All of a sudden, I go to the mail on Tuesday. Uh, there's elderberry in the mail. I had no clue it was coming. You see? Been taking that elderberry. Guess what? Cough going, going, going. Yeah. Hallelujah, Jesus. So listen, we're going to take a listen to okay, okay. Let me uh, play this one request, and then we are coming to the wolf is at the door. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My joy, 
All that's good and perfect comes from you. You're the heart of my contentment. Hope for all I do. But you're the center of my joy. When I've lost my direction, you're the compass for my way. You're the fire light with nights of love and cold. Sadness, you are the laughter that shadows all my feet. Friend of mother love, your hand is there to hold. Oh,
hallelujah, Mr. Richard Smallwood this morning, and Jesus, you are the center of my joy. He's the center of our joy because we can run to him. Yeah, we can go to him and be blessed. His name is even a name where the righteous can run in and be saved. He's the center of our joy. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. For the joy of the Lord is my strength today. Well, it's our strength. Hallelujah. And so we're grateful unto Almighty God this morning. We're coming in right quick with uh, the wolf is at the door. We want to, We don't want to forget this. We want to keep this in mind. Yeah. Because, see, we're always going back to the old path, taking a look. We're always trying to go back and get what God had for us. But we got to pay attention and apply this and not let the devil come in and talk to us and cheat us out of our blessings. I don't want to stay in the same place I was in yesterday with God. I want to move on to higher heights and deeper depths in him. <clears throat> what was yesterday is no more because yesterday has gone. I'm here today. And what I can use from yesterday for today, that's what I want to do. I want to remember what his word says. Hallelujah. And move on in him. It's already all right in the name of Jesus. The wolf is at the door. Let's take a listen. And then we're coming back with uh, Dr. Philip R. Um, Jackson's message of the day. Hallelujah. My message is entitled, The Wolf is at the Door. Yes, sir. The wolf is at the door. Father, I thank you, God. I thank you, Lord, for your word. It's a lamp for our feet and a light for our path. I thank you, Lord, for the indwelling presence of your Holy Spirit that gives us new hearts, Lord, so that we can stretch out beyond our limitations and be ambassadors of you and your word to all who can still hear. I thank you, Lord, for the anointing of your spirit. I thank you for courage and compassion today, God, to speak things that need to be spoken in this generation. Help us, Lord, as a church, never to back away from truth. Help us to go forward and let it fall where it may. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. The wolf is at the door. Isaiah chapter 53. Prophet Isaiah says these words. Who has believed our report? Beginning at verse 1. And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, as a root out of dry ground. He has no form or comeliness, and when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He's despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely he's borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, and we've turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. You know, it's, it's so important before we even begin to look at this passage of Scripture to understand that it was a religious system that crucified Christ. 
You know, we understand that the Roman authorities were the instruments of his death, but it was the religious order of the day created by God's own people that put the Son of God on a cross. There were leaders in that generation, and they had, they had used their position over the people to garner titles for themselves. They had adorned themselves in righteous robes as they saw it, and they, they loved to parade among the people, as Jesus said, and be called master, teacher, teacher, teacher in the marketplace. But Jesus himself came in a form that he did not take on this form of grandeur that men give to themselves. And also, too, they created a system of salvation that was much wider and much more inclusive than the one that God had given to us. Matter of fact, it was so narrow that Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through me. They were so offended when he challenged their religious system because they had, they had created this wide door into eternal life and eternal bliss with God that doesn't exist. All kinds of people were coming into the temple defiled and going out defiled. They were living in manners and ways that the Bible clearly indicated would leave them excluded from the kingdom of God forever. And so in comes this man. He's not interested in their system. He's not trying to garner one of their titles. He's not doing things their way. The Bible says there was no beauty in him that we should desire him. He's not dressed in righteous robes. He's, he's not got boxes on his forehead. He's not walking around with tassels on his arms. He's not parading like some rooster before the people. Talking about how close to God he actually is. They despised him and rejected him because he challenged their religious system. They had created a system of redemption that did not exist. Do you understand? And that's the propensity of humankind. The original sin in the Garden of Eden is that we can be as God is. Remember, we can, we can become judges of what's good and what's evil. And if you take that to its logical extension, we can start declaring things that are, that are God forgives when he doesn't. We can start declaring behaviors righteous when they're not. We can start telling people they're going to heaven when they aren't. That is the grave, grave danger of religion. When humankind in its sin nature is allowed to take it and so twist it and so pervert it that it becomes something that God never intended it to be. Can you imagine sitting in a place as a professed or supposed believer in Christ only to end up at the throne of God one day to find out you've been outside the whole thing all along? What a tragedy that's going to be for so many. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. There was a, a heaviness in the heart of the Son of God as he looked on the people as sheep without a shepherd. But we hid our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him. And we are, of course, reliving the scripture again in great measure in our day. In many, many places, even where God's people are gathering, the word of God is despised. And we are now gravitating to fancy preachers who have opened the door real wide to people who are not going to heaven, giving them false peace when they're not at peace with God. The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 5, 17, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. The old things are what passed away, and behold, all things are become new. If, if we are in Christ, if Christ is in us, 
That means a new value system. It means a new heart. It means a new mind. It means a new way of speaking, thinking, living. It means that what God says is good is good, and what God says is evil is evil. We don't try to change that. We accept that from the Word of God. Now, this message is given to shepherds to bring us not only to the knowledge of our salvation, but to the freedom which Christ bought for us. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. And by his beating, as it is, that he took on the cross, we are healed. The old things don't have power over us anymore unless we choose to let them. The old ways of living, speaking, thinking, doing are broken. And we become new creations in Christ. We are able to look back and say, thank God I'm not what I used to be. I'm not everything that I hoped to be. But thank God I'm not what I used to be, and thank God I'm going to be one day what Christ is calling me to be. So there's this constant moving forward in the life of a genuine believer, leaving an old way of thinking, an old way of living, an old way of speaking, and moving to truth, even when it's painful. The book of Proverbs says, a righteous person swears to their own hurt and doesn't change. In other words, I say I'm going to do this, and I do it because God's word says I should, even if it causes me pain. And I don't turn from it. Now, Paul was this kind of a shepherd. He, he didn't hold back, as I said earlier. This is what he said in Acts chapter 20, verses 26 to 31. He said, therefore, I testify to you this day I'm innocent of the blood of all men. In other words, and this is the cry of my heart, if anyone here today hearing my voice ends up in hell, let it not be my fault. Let it never be because I didn't declare to you the whole counsel of God or I didn't warn you of something that had the power to drag you down into eternal darkness. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Paul says, for this I know, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone, he said, day and night with tears. Paul said there's going to be wolves that are going to come and they're all already, there's packs of them now. It's not just a few. There's many now in our generation. And they're going to come to devour this sacrifice of Christ and the promise of new life through him. They're going to promise you liberty, as the scripture says in the New Testament, but they themselves are the slaves to corruption. They're promising something they're not experiencing themselves and they can't deliver it. Listen to what Jude says, the last book of the New Testament before the book of the Revelation. Verse 3 says, Behold, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation, I found it necessary to write to you exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men, who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to remind you, though you once knew this, 
that the Lord, having saved the people out of the land of Egypt, afterward destroyed those who did not believe. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. As Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities round about them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Here's what the wolves do. They teach that you can live a lifestyle against the word of God and still claim heaven as your eternal home. That is the wolf that's now at the door of the Christian church in America. Listen to what the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 to 11. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Be, do not be deceived. Neither fornicators, that means people who engage in sexual intercourse outside of the bonds of marriage between one man and one woman. Fornicators are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Settle it. It's in the word of God. Don't be deceived into thinking you can live in a moral lifestyle and heaven will still be your home. So hard for this generation to hear. When you've got preachers standing in pulpits saying, well, God understands your need and God is a God of love and God won't send anybody to hell. No, that's not true. God is a God of love. We know that. But the Bible tells us that fornicators have no inheritance in the kingdom of God. Nor idolaters, people who have other loves in there. Something that is in your life that, that is, is, is your whole obsession. Churches or Christ is just a little part of your life. But there's something else in your life that you're pursuing. Nor adulterers. People who engage, who are married but engage in... You know, today we take words like adultery and we call it an extramarital affair, as if it's a black tie event. You know, you are invited to an extramarital affair next Friday at 5 o'clock. Bible calls it adultery. Adultery. Settle it. Deal with it. Sex outside of marriage will keep you outside of the kingdom of God. And sex outside of the bonds of the person that you are married to, the, white, the man or woman you're married to, will also keep you outside of the kingdom of God, unless it's repented of. Nor homosexuals, nor sodomites. In other words, that's both, men and women. Folks, listen. I understand the dilemma, in a sense, uh, that some might face in same-sex attraction. But I'm telling you, you can't give in to that lifestyle on any level. Because the Bible clearly says it will leave you outside the kingdom of God. Jesus himself said some people are eunuchs for the kingdom of heaven. In other words, some people just live their lives without any sexual activity for the kingdom of heaven's sake. And he said whoever can hear this, let them hear it. You know, you can you go to a funeral, for example. And you can dress it up with flowers all around, and you can, there's a death certificate. And the preacher can get up and say nice words. But the reality is that the corpse is still dead. You can't make it live. It doesn't matter what you do. But it's the same with homosexual marriage, folks. I've got to say it straight out today. I'm not going to hold back on it. 
You can adorn it with flowers. You can get a certificate from City Hall. You, you can find some backslidden preacher to say nice words about it. But the wages of sin is still death. You can't change that. Now listen. I'll be called a hater for, for this message today. I understand that. But I'm not a hater. If I hated you, I'd let you go to hell. If I hated you, I'd let you die in your sin. If I walk down the street and your house is on fire and you're up in your bedroom window and I don't warn you, am I really a good neighbor? Do I really love you? Do I really care about your eternal destiny? You can curse me out of your bedroom window all you want, but I will still warn you that your house is on fire for your soul's sake. Nor thieves. Lest we should think that we're just going to focus on one thing. Or thieves. That means people who steal. It's that simple. People who steal. People who steal a little. They have a contract maybe and steal a little bit more than they should. Income tax time is coming around, folks. Are you going to pay your taxes? <laughs> nor covetous. Nor drunkards. People who come to church this morning, but you were out at a club last night. You're drinking and dancing, and, and this foolishness, I'm out there to share the testimony of Christ. Who are you kidding? <laughs> if you really are there to do that, stand on the sidewalk with pamphlets in your hand and give it to the drunks coming out of the club. You don't need to be in there with them. No revilers. You know, especially in, in this environment we're now living in, in this country at this time, where reviling has is is, is become the speech of the day, where it's, it's fashionable just to curse everybody around you. You know, Paul said, revilers don't inherit the kingdom of God. We have a different heart. We have a different spirit. We're, we're a different kind of people. Jesus himself said, blessed are the peacemakers. Yours is the kingdom of heaven. Nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. I love that. Would be to God that I can honestly say that of everybody here today. Such were some of you. But you are sanctified. That means you are set apart for the kingdom of God. You are, you, 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 you honestly repented. You walked away. You moved away from what God's word says is wrong. You can't make it right. You can't change it. It doesn't matter if a million people say, oh, isn't this wonderful? If God's word says it's not, it's not. You are sanctified. You walked away. You walked away from these old ways of thinking, these old behaviors and all of these things. And you set yourself apart for the kingdom of God. You're justified in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God. Now, you and I are living in an hour where the wolf is heading to the door of the church, demanding in our generation that we bow down to this new definitions of good and evil. This is where we're living. The days of being able to say without penalty, what I'm saying today are, are over. If they're, not, if they're not over, they're very close to over. It's an amazing time that we're now living in. Jesus said in John chapter 10, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, 
sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. This is the point. There's a lot of hirelings in a lot of pulpits in America today. And they're, they're, they don't necessarily leave the people, but they leave biblical truth. They flee the truth when the wolf is at the door. When the wolf says, if you don't bow down, this is our golden statue. This is what this generation is going to look like. This is what you'll preach. These are the truths that you will espouse. They will bow down when the music plays to save themselves because it's always been about themselves, not about the people. The hireling will flee. And you, will, you are seeing and you will see a huge departure from biblical truth in the Christian church in this last hour we're living in. The Bible declares that there's going to be an apostasy, a great falling away in the last days from biblical truth. And the hirelings will lead the people, not into the narrow way of eternal life, but into that broad way of destruction. And they flee because it's always done about them. It's been about the robes. It's been about the praises of man. It's been about the titles. It's been about the numbers. It's been about the apparent evidences of success. Then when Christ comes and challenges them, they hate him. His own system hated him. His own people hated him. They pushed him away because he declared their definitions of salvation and truth to be bankrupt. He told them they were full of dead men's bones. He said, you go cross land and sea to get one convert and you make him twice the child of hell that you've become. These are the words of Christ. He warned us in the last days there would be a great falling away. He warned us. He said, you're going to be hated of all nations for my name's sake. You can't escape that. That's a promise in the word of God. We're going to be hated. It's starting now. You're seeing it in society. You're seeing it in the workplace. You can't even have an opinion on things anymore in this generation that we're now living in. Let me say it clearly now. Abortion. For the cause of birth control. Or, or so the people. I understand there are extenuating circumstances. So please don't misquote me on this. But for the cause of just birth control. Or for the cause of having sexual pleasure. And not having to deal with the life that it can create. Is sin. Amen. In the sight of a holy God. It's a terrible sin in the sight of a holy God. In America today, the deliberate gender confusing of our children in grade school is sin in the sight of a holy God. In our high schools, forbidding our children to pray and creating this fictitious division between the state and the church, which doesn't exist. If you really study it, you'll understand it never existed. It was created by the godless. Forbidding our children to pray in our schools is sin in the sight of a holy God. In our colleges, allowing godless professors to rise up and mock God and radicalize a whole generation against even their own nation that was founded by God for the purpose of being able to worship according to the word of God and freely by conscience in sin in the sight of a holy God. And the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Praise be to God.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. So let this society despise him. Let them consider him ordinary. Let them rebel against his words. But this day, as Joshua once said, if it be hard to follow the Lord, that's your choice. Choose this day. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. By the grace of God, we will not bow before the wolf in this generation. By the grace of God, we will stand for the truth of God. By the grace of God, we will pray again. We will pray again as a church age. By the grace of God, we will stand up unashamed for the truth of Jesus Christ. We stand on the side of victory. We stand on the side. We stand on the side of eternal life in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Glory, glory, glory. And as uh, David the king once did, we will stand in this generation against the lion and the bear and everything that comes in to devour our children and to devour the people of God. It's time for the church of Jesus Christ to rise up. It's time for the people of God to fight back. It's time for us to begin to pray. It's time to run for public office. It's time for teachers to speak. It's time. It's time for the people of God. Let the redeemed of the Say so. Glory, 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 glory. The true shepherds of God in this generation are going to care more for the people than for their own safety, more than our own reputation. It's not going to be an easy road. But I don't know about you, but I'm not giving up this generation to darkness. I'm going to stand because the Word of God stands forever. The opinions of men are like grains of sand on the seashore. They'll fall into nowhere. But the Word of God abides forever. Now here's where I conclude. If you're living in sin, I plead with you. While there's still time, turn. Turn from it. And trust God for the strength. I know there's some sitting here or listening online or they're in the annex and they say, you don't know how deep the bondage is. You don't know how powerful the draw is. No, I don't. But I know the Spirit of God is more powerful than all of that put together. And I know the promise of God is that we will have a new life, an eternal life. The days of living in Christian ease is over in America, folks. It's over. Amen. We're about to join our brothers and sisters in China and other places who are being persecuted for what they believe. In Iran, who are being jailed and put to death for believing in Christ. 
We've lived a very comfortable, very lazy Christianity in America, but those days are over. The wolf is now at the door. Pray for those of us who lead in any capacity that God would give us courage. As I pray for you, that God would give you a cleanness of life and practice and heart and give you the courage to speak up in whatever environment you find yourself in. Our children are starving for truth in this generation, and they're wide open. There's only a few Goliaths that claim that they have the power to keep us from being the people of God, but they don't. So I challenge you with all my heart, turn from sin, find that new life in Christ, and rise up and be the person that God's called you to be. We're going to sing for just a few moments, going to worship. I guess my elder call is just twofold today. It's for people to say, oh God, help me please to turn from this thing in my life. I don't have to tell you what it is you already know. Help me to turn away from watching pornography. Help me to turn away from drink. Help me, God, to turn away from that flirtation in the office. Help me, God, help me, God, to stop railing. Get me off, get me out of the seat of the scornful and help me to walk with the righteous. Deliver me, God, from cowardice and put a love for people in my heart that casts out all fear. Give me a voice to call this generation back to you again. And God, help me not to cower under the fear of the repercussions that will come all of our way. You know, I was in Washington, and there's an ex-general there who really <clears throat> gives courage to my heart every time I meet him and talk with him. And essentially, what he would say if he were standing here is, you have to fight for a cause higher than your own preservation. If it's just about preserving yourself, you'll flee when the enemy comes. If it's about others, you'll stand. May God give us the courage in this generation to stand for those that don't have a voice for themselves, for our children, for the unborn, for our high school students, for our college students, for every mother, every father, every child in this country that needs to know there's a Savior who died for them. Give us the grace to be kind and compassionate to all not judging anyone, we leave that to God, but reaching as far as we can reach into this massive fallen humanity with this message of incredible grace that belongs to every person who turns to it through Jesus Christ. So Father, I thank you, Lord God, that you will today cause your kingdom to advance. You will give us the strength and courage that we now need as a people to stand against the onslaught of wickedness that wants to extinguish the testimony of your life and word. Lord Jesus Christ, I pray for courage for your people as others throughout the world have had to have. God, deliver us, Lord, from this life of ease that so many of your people have known and bring us into the true fight for the souls of men. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus Christ. God, we yield our bodies today to this purpose. We thank you in Jesus' name. So we're going to stand in a moment. For those who just, you just know you have to turn from something. And for those who want to turn towards Christ, maybe you don't have a struggle that I'm talking about in your life, but you say, God, I'm stuck in neutral. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going back and I'm not going forward. But today you say, I want to make a difference. I want my life to count. I want my voice to have authority. If that's you, we're going to stand. I'm going to ask you to make your way here. We're going to pray together and believe God to answer our prayer. In the annex, you can make your way here. We'll wait for you in the campus churches. Step between the screens, if you will. We'll be back in just a moment. Uh, Every time I look at people at this altar, I see a mighty army of God. I, I do. I honestly do. So, Father, I pray today, Lord, that you would give every man, every woman, every young person who is at this altar who are responding in our campus churches or at home, courage, courage, Lord, and compassion. Lord, your word speaks of a perfect love that casts out fear. So, God, give us a love for people that we would not be afraid to speak truth without condemning them, without railing, just loving, and speaking the truth. Father, help those that are caught in sin to turn from it. Help us as your people, my God, to be clean. We who bear the treasure of Christ in these earthen vessels, cleanse us, God, of impurity and mixture and things that cause your voice not to be heard or your heart not to be seen. Give us the grace we need to be the people of God. Lord, help us. Help this nation. Give us a moment of mercy, Lord, to turn back to you again. Give us the grace to pray. Heal our homes, our families, our marriages, our children. My God, deliver us, Lord, from those that crept in to our schools, our colleges, and our high schools, Lord, and took captive our children. Deliver us, God. From this moment, as you delivered your people out of Egypt, deliver us, God, from those who are throwing our children into the river of confusion. Forgive us, Lord, as a people, as a nation, for what we allowed in our laziness to come into our borders. Forgive us, Lord God, for abdicating the training of our children and giving it to others, Lord, who took advantage and began to steal them from your kingdom. God, help us now to take our rightful place. Help the fathers here to take their place as the head of their home, as the guide, the spiritual guide of their families. Help the mothers to understand the incredible power that they have. Lord, it is truly said that the hand that rocks the cradle shapes the nation. That's true. That's true. I pray, God, for every every woman here. God, I ask today, Lord, uh, that even from this meeting today, people would rise up and find your will and walk into it, Lord, with faith. Whatever it is, wherever you lead us, take us, Lord. We dedicate our lives to you, Lord. We dedicate our futures to you. We thank you for covering our past and our present failure and giving us the promise of new life into the future. Lord, we will not despise you. We will not turn our faces from you or lightly esteem you. Your word is the truth, Lord. It is the only guide we have into eternal life. 
So God, God help us, Lord. Help us to learn your word, to study your word, to know your word, and to cherish your word. Father, thank you for the great fruit that will be born into your kingdom, just from the lives that are here at the altar and on their knees in their homes right now. Just thank you for the great fruit that will be born for your kingdom's sake. Lord, we bless you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Praise God. But not defeated Cast down but Not destroyed Their kind Don't understand But I believe It's turning around for me I've had struggles and disappointments. Their kind of felt so alone. Some of my friends say, let me down. But I still believe it's turning around for me. Around for me Around for me Around for me It's turning around for me Around for me Can you just say it into the atmosphere? Around for me Around for me Turning I can see the breaking. I can see the breaking of day. God is.
turning around for me. Believe that, just lift your hands to the atmosphere and claim your season to turn around. Hallelujah. Now let's say this together. Come on. Around for me. Around for me. Around for me. Around for me. It's turning around for me. Turning around. I can see. Around for me. I can feel it happening. your name be glorified and your people edified 
In Jesus' dear name, thank God. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I certainly thank God for the opportunity to come tonight and to share with you some of his goodness that he has shown toward us. I honor God for this great honoree, this great pastor, superintendent, visionary, great man of God, uh, his wife who stood right by his side and making all things well for him. I honor him for being my friend, friend down through the years. Uh, I remember so much, I can't share it all. Uh, but we certainly know God has been good to him. Known him from the time of Myrtle Street and Grace Temple, our friends and brothers. And I certainly thank God for him and his lovely companion. Thank God for these awesome bishops that have been out of their schedule to come and to be with us on tonight. And for my wife of 49 years. Amen. I praise God for her. I praise God for her being here. And I have a table here of Seth Temple people that have come to be with us on tonight. Honor God for all of you. I've been clergy all over the building. for Dr. Hess, uh, and all of you that are here. Uh, I came to have church. I'm, 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 I'm sorry for those that was looking for me to um, change. I'm not going to change. I am what I am. I'm, I, I'm, I'm a holiness preacher. And I'm in a holiness church, and I'm in the midst of holy people. I, 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 I'm saved. I, 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 somebody said one time to me, I don't know what that means. I, it just simply means that I, my sins have been washed away. I'm covered by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. I have eternal life. I, I'm no longer searching for eternal life. I already have it. I'm not looking to be victorious over anything. I already have the victory. In fact, I won before the fight began. Because of who I am, in Christ Jesus. I want to share tonight just a portion of scripture. I'm not going to be long. I want to go to a familiar passage of scripture from the book of Isaiah. Isaiah was called the eagle-eyed prophet because he had the anointing on his life to be able to look through the telescope of time and see things that were over four and five hundred years to come. 
He came and prophesied during the time when the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom was established and Judah was in the southern kingdom, but Israel was in the northern kingdom and there was so much confusion among God's people. It was not because of God, but it was because the people had turned their backs on God. So God used the prophet to prophesy and to talk about things to come. It's kind of hard to tell me that I have a deliverer coming and I'm in stocks and chain and I'm in slavery, I'm in bondage, I'm in trouble. And it looked like there's no hope, but out of all of this, he comes with a word of comfort. I want to read this passage of scripture from Isaiah 40, beginning at verse number 25. You'll find these words, and to whom then will I be likened me? Or shall I be equal, saith the Holy One? Lift up your eyes on high, and behold, who have created these things, that bringeth out their most by numbers, calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might. For that he is strong in power, not one faileth. Why sayest thou, O Jacob, and speakest thou, O Israel? Why? Uh, my way is hidden from the Lord, and my judgment is passed over from my God. Have thou not known, have thou not heard, that the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, fainteth not, neither is he weary. There is no searching of his understanding. He giveth power to the faint and to them that have no might. He increaseth their strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. But they that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like an eagle. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Hallelujah. I want to talk tonight just briefly how to learn how to wait on God. In this passage of scripture, we get excited during the last portion of this scripture because it talks so much about how great God is. But you need to go up higher. Study some of the scriptures above this. For in this, you will find out that God is an awesome God. And fact, there is none like him anywhere. None to compare with God. Uh, one that stepped out of nowhere and created all things according to the counsel of his own will. God who is before the winds ever got their directions. And I often said before water got wet and before mountains got high, that was God. God has no limit. Nobody can box him in. 
Your God might be 6'5 and 200 pounds, but my God is from everlasting to everlasting. And he have a name that's above every name. Hallelujah. Uh, just to take a sidebar and tell you, I went to a Sam's Club not long ago and got in the parking lot and the lady stopped me and said, uh, excuse me, but I got a question I want to ask you. Do you know God's name? And I said to her, I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know who you are. I know, know what you want me to say, but I'm just going to tell you like this. I'm a sanctified holiness preacher. And uh, I've been preaching a long time, and I don't know for sure if you really want to go there with me. And she basically said, bring it home. I said, so what's your question? She said, I want to know if you know God's name. I said, let me tell you something, daughter. First of all, God is so great. One name will not suffice him. His name is higher than the heavens. Yes, you want me to say Jehovah, but it's Jehovah Jireh. It's Jehovah Nisa. Hallelujah. It, it, it's, it's all of these names wrapped up in himself. And, and, and I said to her, not only is his name Jehovah, but his name is I Am. He is the Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the ending. Hallelujah. Uh, angels bow before him and heaven and earth adore him and he's an awesome God. Somebody say he's an awesome God. There's no limit to his understanding. Hallelujah. He speaks and men live and he speaks and men die. Do you really want to talk about who God is? He's the apple of my eye. He's the joy of my salvation. He's the strength when I'm weak. He's my way out of every situation. Somebody tell the Lord, thank you. Hallelujah. He said, well, I'm out in the parking lot at Sam's Club. So she said, well, I guess I got one more question. I said, what's your question, daughter? Where do you plan on spending eternity? I said, oh, I'm going to heaven. She says, I got bad news for you. How you got bad news for me? She says, heaven is already full. I'm standing in the, I said, how in the world can heaven be full and I'm not there? You, you answered, how, how can it be full? And I'm living holy every day. I've made up my mind long time ago that hell is not an option. I'm on my way up, and I won't turn around. She said, but I'm sorry, preacher. Sorry, preacher. She said, heaven is already full. I said, where did you get that foolishness from? She opened up her little green book, 7th chapter, Revelation. It's the Bible. Revelation, the 7th. Read, baby. She said, now it says here, and after, he said, of the tribe of Benjamin was 12,000. The tribe of Glad was 12,000. The tribe of Simeon was 12,000. The tribe of Jude was 12,000. The tribe of Joseph was 12,000. I said, keep on reading. He said, and after, there was 144,000 that are sealed. He said, you see, it's already full. 
I said, no, 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 keep reading. She said, that's all I got. I said, you got the wrong book. That, that's your problem. You got the wrong book. Some of us looking to get something from God, but you're reading the wrong book. It's not about positive thinking. It's about having faith in God, about trusting God, about waiting on God, about depending on him. She said, no, I, I, that's all. That's all the book. I pulled out my remote control and I popped that trunk. My trunk came up. My Bible was sitting there. I licked my pages, turned to Revelation, the seventh chapter, and I read where she read. And I didn't go nowhere else, but I stayed right where she was. And because John said, and after these, lo, I beheld another number coming from every nation, every kingdom, and every tongue with white robes on and palms in their hand. And they were saying, glory to God. Say yeah. Say yeah. I, ain't nobody like Jesus. Come on, help me say nobody like Jesus. I got to want to increase your faith tonight. I want your faith to be increased in the word of God. Some people feel like I missed out on so much in life. Didn't have a father figure. So I don't know how to be manly. I don't know how to fix cars and change batteries. I don't understand a lot of things. I never had a father to teach me how to be manly and to stand up and be strong in the family. I come to tell you tonight, don't use that. No more for an alibi to fall. But stand up on your feet, man of God. If God saved you, if God filled you with the Holy Ghost, I'm here tonight to tell you he gave you enough power to do anything that assigned to your hand. You just got to want to do it. Got to believe in God. You got to trust God. Jesus said in the book of St. John, if thou ask anything in my name, I'll do it. He said, I'm going to do it that the Father may be glorified through his Son. Just ask. Tell your neighbor, just ask. I don't care how difficult it is. I don't care how far-reaching it is. And I don't care who told you you couldn't do it. I don't care how how it looks, how dark your day has been. I don't care how broke your bank account is. I can't understand why we trust in him money and not trusting in God. God said, turn your attention around. Put your trust in Jesus and everything. I, I, I come down with bigelitis when I was three. Lost the color of my skin. And my mom took me to clinic after clinic. They put me under high tense lights and they tried to bake me to be the right color. Put me under lights that made my skin blister. 
when it blistered, they pulled me out, rubbed salve and ointment all over me, slide me back in. And they tell me to be patient. I'm in there, four years old, just crying and squirming around. I couldn't hardly take it. I got out five years old. My mother put this cosmetic on me. Hallelujah. And sent me to school. But she told me, she said, Philip, don't put your hand in your face because I'm trying to help you tone you down so people don't point at you and pick with you so much. I said, yes, ma'am. But by the time I would get to school, the cosmetic was all in my head, all over my clothes, on my papers, everywhere. And every day I got a note pinned to my lapel that said, get it to your mother. And then, did you give it to your mother? Yes, sir, I did. Yes, ma'am, I gave it to her. And she said, my mother said, I'm not going to do what they say. I'm going to cover you up because I want you to, to be here all right. But when I got to school, she don't even know cried every day first grade second cried every day in school got to the point that the school teachers in the system turned against me and said you're disfacing school property we're not going to give you a book so every day when you come to the class take your chair and sit it in the hallway and I'm sitting in the hallway listening to them teach the children come Dick said Jane I can hear it today Come see Spot. Come see Spot run. Come see my new friends. I hope our new friends have girls. I hope our new friends have And I'm listening, but I couldn't go in the room. They wouldn't let me go in the classroom because I was disfacing school property. Hallelujah. And as a result, they said, he has a learning disability. He can't learn nothing. He's ignorant. And they said, just pass him along with his class. But meanwhile, my mother said, I'm going to make you learn. She went and bought the same book they had. And she went out in there every day to go get my pussy willy switch. I go outside and I cut a pussy willy switch. And she said, get the ironing cord. She laid the ironing cord on the table. And then the pussy willy switch. And she opened the book and said, read. I said, mama, mama. She said, I said, read. But nobody taught me. Nobody helped me. And all I got was whippings every night, just about. Whippings upon whippings. And when the pussy willy switch broke, the ironing cord never broke. I kept there crying and weeping. Finally, I graduated. They said, keep him with his age level. Even when I was in church in Sunday school, they had a little card. And they give the card to the children. Read the card. And the children hand it to me. Don't give it to him. He, he can't read and they moved it on and on. And as a result, I graduated and couldn't even read two lines of my own diploma. The devil said, you can't get a job. You ain't going to be nothing in life. Failed. The system had failed me. Then I lost all of my self-esteem. I couldn't look people in the face. I walked with my head down to the ground. I hid myself. I kept my hands in my pocket. I turned away from folk. I couldn't look at you. I was sorry for myself and far sorry that you had to look at me. I was hurting and bleeding on the inside. I took the alcohol and started drinking. But one night I was sitting in a bar on 12th and Pingree in the city of Detroit. I'm sitting there drinking cognac and coke with my finger down in the ice cubes. 
turning them around, listening to jazz. Somebody walked in the box, put their nickel in the jukebox. It was Sam Cooke record that they were playing. It was saying, everybody say amen. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying, my goodness, that's church music. And I'm looking around and they just dancing in the bar. And I start thinking about being in the sunshine band. The Bible says, if you train up a child in the way that he should go, when he is old, it will not depart. Some folk get that wrong. They say he won't depart. That ain't what the Bible says. The training, it won't leave. There were some things I was offered to do with drugs, but the training that I got at home wouldn't let me go but so far. That night I'm sitting on the bar stool. Tears was falling from my face. I'm thinking about the church. I started thinking about Jesus loving me when I didn't even love myself. And I sat there and I said, oh God, I got off the bar stool and I went to my church and I sat on the last seat, the last pew and I'm sitting there and I'm saying, oh God, I'm so sorry for what I've done in my life. I'm sorry for walking away from you and turning my back on you and you've been good to me. And the preacher jumped up and said, Jesus said, come under me, all ye that labor and I have laid me that I'll give you rest. And I said, Lord, are you talking to me? Jesus, I just want to know would you have somebody that look like me? Would you have somebody as dumb as, as I am, as ignorant as I am? God, would you have somebody like me? And the Lord said, come. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody said, I'm going to come and Soon as I get better, you can't get better by yourself. I stood up. The tears was falling down my face. I took my hands. I didn't care no more who saw my hands. I said, God, I need help. I want you to forgive me. And the devil said to me, he said, you're going to mess up the service. And I stood there in that floor and I said, you messed up my life. Why can't I mess up one service? And I stepped out in the aisle. And I started coming down the aisle. I said, Lord, whatever I've done, I want you to forgive me. Lord, I want you to wash me and destroy my sins. I want them to be removed from me. Lord, I want you to save me. And as I walked down the aisle... I actually felt the weight of sin when it fell off my shoulder. The burden that was on me, that heavy weight that wouldn't let me sleep at night. The problems that I had almost wanted me to kill myself. I felt it all come off. But the joy that came to me when I realized that I was free, I lift 
hands and begin to give God some praise. Somebody needs to lift your hands and give God some praise. God, here's my hand. Here's my heart. Not my will, but thy will be done. Come on in now. I said, wash me, Lord. I want you to save me, Lord. I want you to feel me, Lord. Hallelujah. Got to the altar. The preacher said, Brother Philip is here. He said, now we're going to have a revival. Come back tomorrow night. Don't eat nothing. Fast all day. Will you do that, Philip? I said, yes, sir. I said, I'm so, I ain't never been saved. I never, never felt like this before. Hallelujah. And, and, and when, 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 when I got back to church, I was there at 7 o'clock, Elder Bullock. I, I thought they said 7, but they told me they said 7.30. So I'm waiting for the door to be opened. <laughs> The Bible said if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, that you shall be filled. And I walked and waited. They opened the door and let me in. But they came in. They went to turning the light switches on and turning the heat on and turning the mics on. I went straight to the altar. I stood there. And I said, Lord, I've been saved all day. I don't know, God, if I can make it another day, but I need you. If you come in to my life, I'm going to be all right. And I threw up my hands. I said, come on in, Jesus. Before service began, before they got started good, the Holy Ghost fell. Hallelujah. Fell all the way from Shekinah glory. He filled my belly with an anointing and the goodness of God overflowed out of my body. The tongue began to flow. The jaw began to flow. Hallelujah. All the jaw. God is good. Lord, fill me. That was on May the 9th, 1967. They said to Sister Jackson, said, can you handle him? She says, I got him. She put me in the car, driving down the street. And I'm over, 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 over. I'm over there just speaking in tongues, praising God. And she said, all right, honey. And she's driving, taking her sanctified husband, Holy Ghost-filled husband, joy-filled husband. Took me home, took my clothes off. Put me in the bed. I'm laying in the bed. Every hour on the hour, the Holy Ghost will wake me up. I say, ah! I had never been with the Holy Ghost all night. Hallelujah. A few days later, I went to the youth congress and bought me a great big Bible. I said, I got I to be to read. I can't read. I need to read. My wife went shopping. I had the big old Bible. Opened it up. When I gave up, just gave up, I laid my face in the Bible. Cosmetic was all over the word. Tears was running down the seam of my page. I told God, I love you so much. Lord, I love you so much. 
I don't even want to live. I don't want to live not another day, another moment without you in my life. And I can't even read. I don't know if I'm going right or wrong, but I need to know your word. And while I'm crying, the Lord spoke to me. He said, it's not necessary now that you read my word. Just praise my name. You really don't know how important it is to praise God. I'm here to tell you tonight, every answer to every problem, affliction, burden you will ever have in your life, the answer is in the praise. Praise him. See, what folk don't realize, God said something and it cannot be changed. God said that he inhabited the praises of his people. So while you praising God, God steps in the praise. And if you got a cancer cell and you tell God all about it, if you got a burden that needs to be lifted, if you're going through affliction and you need God to touch you, somebody tell somebody, it's in the praise. It's in the praise. It's in the praise. The answer to every problem is in the praise. I sat there. Lord said, praise me. I said, oh, praise your name. Oh, praise your name. Praise your name. <laughs> praise your name. Oh, bah, 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 bah. <laughs> praise your name. I turned the Bible to the book of Acts. He said, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one place. All with one accord. When suddenly there came a sound from heaven, and it filled the place where they sat. There were dwellings in Jerusalem, devout men from everywhere, from the north. From the south, from the east, and from the west. And oh, how they murmured of amazement of these tongues. How they praised and blessed our Lord. Some folks say that ye men, that you all drunk with new wine. But Brother Peter, being the spokesman, given by the authority of the Holy Ghost, so you men 
You're not drunk as ye, ye suppose. But this is that which was spoken by great prophet named Job. In the last day, I shall pour out my spirit, said the Lord, on the point on all flesh that is born. Then the young men, you shall have visions. Us older men will dream dreams as we walk hand in hand, praising God for the victory. Looking to Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith, as we praise him both morning and noon. And night, oh praise the Lord. Somebody help me. Oh praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise Him. Nobody could tell me that that is not what the Bible said. I went to church. I told my pastor, Bishop Bailey. God has given me to be able to hold the Bible in my hand. And I cannot read it, but I can sing scriptures that I can't even read. See, the Holy Ghost is quick and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. The Holy Ghost is real. The word of God is real. When that live organism hooks up with that live word, hallelujah, God will change things for you. I was known as the preacher that go from church to church and just give me your Bible. I can stand there and start singing scripture. One book after another book, Psalms, Revelation, different book. Just stand there and just sing what David said. But I couldn't read it. My father came to me. Philip, yes, sir. I've been at Ford Motor Company 37 years. I got something they call favor. I said, you want to work out there? I said, yes, sir. He said, I'm going to make out your application. Because I knew he couldn't, I couldn't make out an application. I sat there and my dad made out the application. And when you get to gate two, say, tell him that you're Jack's boy. It's good to have a relative that's in control, man. And they, I got there, I said, I'm Jack's boy. They grabbed me and pulled me and said, just sign your name. It's okay. And I signed my name. They hired me at $2.67 an hour. I became a press operator. I became a janitor. I swept floors. I made sure I swept floors like Michelangelo painted pictures. Everything I did, I did it right. Never been late on a job. Never walked off of a job. Completed every assignment they gave me. And after that, I was inside the garbage can, pushing it down. I'm singing, look where he brought me from. I'm in the garbage can, thanking God. Oh, y'all don't hear what I'm saying. I've been in the pit. <coughs> the woman came by, Mr. Jackson. I said, yes, sir. 
said, you want to be a supervisor here at Ford Motor Company? I said, oh, no, no. The reason why I said no, I said, they're going to find out how ignorant I am. And they might take the little job I got. And he said, I recommend you. I said, no, no, no. He walked off and the Holy Ghost said, who art thou to consider these things? All thy ways acknowledge him. He said, I'll direct your path. I jumped out the garbage can, ran down the aisle, said, Mr. Bondi, put my name in. Needless to say, I didn't go to no library. I didn't study nothing. I wasn't able to do any of that. So I just went to prayer and Bible bath. <laughs> prayer and Bible bath. I went where the saints were. And at the end of the prayer and Bible band, I, they say, anybody have any requests? And this lady, I, I got an unspoken, unspoken request. Y'all pray for me. Y'all know Junior ain't right. And she said, I got an unspoken request. All these unspoken <coughs> requests. I said, hey, when you were in a, in a little boat in the middle of Lake Erie, and there's a hole in the middle of the boat, and the motor won't start. It ain't time to have an unspoken request. Ain't no time for no unspoken request. She came, they came to me, and I told them I got to take a test. And you all know me from a little boy. You know I can't read. I need y'all to help me. And they said, Philip. Don't you eat nothing tomorrow. I'm going to give you this little bottle of oil. You put some of this oil on your head, on your belly. That's why I got a problem with this new translated Bible. It said out of your innermost being. I can't find my innermost being. But God knows I know exactly where my belly is. She said, put some of this oil on your test paper and wait on God. I went into the room, 25 men taking the test. They gave us engineering calculators and told us, they told us, first thing I want you to do is take the radii of the circle and multiply it by the circumference and then by pi r square. I said, the only pi I knew was sweet potato pie. What are you talking about? I'm sitting there. They said, don't, don't. You got 30 minutes on this section. And you got a pencil, number two pencil. Said, when that clock go off, put your pencil down. We're going to the next section. Okay. 25 minutes went by. I didn't have nothing. Not a mark on my paper. And I said, God, I thank you. It really hit me. You let this ignorant man come in here with all of this wisdom. I'm looking at it tonight. God allowed me to come in the midst of all these wonderful, beautiful, intelligent people. And I'm here. And I said, God, you're awesome. And then I started flirting with him. See, I'm a, I, it's okay. It's okay, y'all, to flirt with God. Telling ain't nobody like you. Tell him your name alone. 
Calm storm. Tell him how awesome he is. The more I kept flirting with him, I said, whoa, whoa, thank you, Jesus. I looked at my paper, and God said, Mark C. I said, oh, Jesus. D-F-A-C-D. C-D-A-F-T-B. C-A-A-A-A-F-D-G-D-B. And I moved, I did just what God told me to do. By the time I finished that section, the clock went off. That song came to me and said, he may not come when you want him. But he's always, somebody say he's always on time. Now, next section, dealing with statistics. The Lord gave me all the colored every reading and comprehension, algebra, geometry, and trig. I just colored it in. I went back. After I turned my paper in, I went back to church that Friday night. Well, Philip, how did you do? I said, I did real good. The Lord told me each one of them to turn. Somebody said, I don't believe that. (laughs) People doubt God. They they talk about Peter walking on the water. And the preacher said, and he took his eyes off the Lord and he went down. Well, my understanding was 11 other apostles on that ship. And he was the only one that had a testimony that I walked on water. Y'all better leave Peter alone. So... I got back to work. They called me to my job. Mr. Jackson, I guess have a seat in this cubicle. I'm sitting there. And they come by and they look in there at me. And I'm saying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Lord Jesus, help me, Lord Jesus. I wasn't moving my mouth. I just trying to be quiet. Finally, they came in and they laid all the paper down. Mr. Jackson, I said, yes, sir. They said, uh, we have scored your test. I said, yes, sir. They said, uh, we're going to make you a supervisor here at Ford Motor Company. He said, you have passed your test with 100%. Here's a person, I've never in my life got a grade over a D. Except for citizenship, art, and gym. No academic subject have I ever taken in high school, middle school, or elementary school that I got a higher than a D, a better than a D. They gave me an E, an E, and then passed me on and told me I wasn't going to be nothing. (laughs) Nobody like Jesus. Ain't nobody like Jesus. When he told me that, I'm saying to myself, God, help me. Help me. Hurry up. Help me. Get me out of his office. Because I'm going to tear this office up. I felt like rearranging everything he had in his office. I was so happy. He said, now, Mr. Jackson, let me tell you something. Anybody that passes this test with 100%, we have a title for you. You're considered. Considered as a high pot. I said, a high pot, 
He said, every six months, we're going to move you and promote you because you're that intelligent. Trainee supervisor, six months later, promoted to full-pledged supervisor. Promoted to assistant general supervisor. More promoted to the general supervisor. Assistant superintendent of production with 300 people. Promoted again to superintendent of production. Moved me from manufacturing to tool and die, from tool and die to die construction, from die construction to plant engineering. All of engineering ended up working me. Sent me to Miami, Ohio. The first year they gave us a plant there with Midland Ross, turning Midland Ross Steel Company into a manufacturing facility. I sat there with oil in my hand and on my paper signing contracts for millions of dollars and couldn't even read the fine print. But I trusted God. You put your trust in Jesus, everything will be all right. And I signed it. I signed contracts upon contracts, was promoted upon promotions, and made the shift manufacturing manager, the production manager. They said to me, you got to know statistics. You got to go to school. They said, we're going to pay you your salary as if you were working, we let you go to school and you won't lose a dime. I failed the entrance examination going to the college. Sat in the cafeteria saying, Lord, what am I gonna do? How can I tell these general managers that's got confidence in me that I can't even get in college? But there's a man in front of me, he had a donut and a coffee. And I had a donut and a coffee and I said, he said, I left my wallet, I don't have, I said, put him on my bill. No, I said, it's only a dollar and a half. I paid his donut and coffee. I went out and sat down. I said, God, I need help. The man came back and he said, can I join you? I said, yes, sir. He said, what are you doing here? I said, I needed to take some classes on statistics. I need to know what a homogeneous process is and a heteroscedasticity process. I need to know what sigma and sigma prime is and standard deviations on either side of the mean. I need to be able to question sigmas through probability and predictability studies. He said, we have the best professors here that you can ever have. I said, well, who are you? He says, I'm the dean of the university. I gave him my card, exchanged information. Three days later, I got a card. One said, we're sorry that you did not meet the academic requirement of University of Toledo. Perhaps you take adult training classes and even to bring your academic level to the standard that we would expect. The other card said, congratulations, Mr. Jackson. Classes begin Monday at 9 o'clock in the morning. So I went to school. I went to school. I teach statistics. I sat with Harold Poland and Alex Trotman, chief executive officers of Ford Motor Company. My bosses was afraid because they had a reputation they could fire you just like that. I walked in. I said, oh, God, what should I do? He said, come in at 4 in the morning. I took oil and put it all over the desk, the seat, 
put it on the doorknob, all where he's going to sit at, over his presentation and mine. Nothing but oil, all over everything. And when the Lord said, now when he come in, do what he do. He came in and took his coat off, I took my coat off. He took his cufflinks off and rolled, I took mine off and rolled my sleeves up. He stretched out his arm, I stretched out mine. I said, now Lord, you're going to have to help me. And I made a presentation asking for $34 million. They wouldn't give it to me, but they said it was one of the best presentations they had heard. God has been good to me. So I met, and I'm fixing to stop. I met an old man named Dr. Edward Deming. I met him. He was 92 years old. He's the guru of statistics. And he told me, he said, these people are not interested in this. He said, I'm 92. I spend two days, Monday and Tuesday, at the Naval Academy every week. He said, then I come here and deal with these folks. He said, I tell you what, Mr. Jackson. He said, I like you. He said, I'm going to teach you everything I know about statistics. How to take an X bar R chart and a moving range chart, P charts, NP charts. How to take pie charts and Pareto analysis and do all of these charts and how to take sigma at 99.76% of the total process and deal with the Z bars on each end as well as the mean and the double X bars. When he talked talk to me and he trained me, I was able to stand before general managers. Here's a man that don't have no education. And I'm talking to chief executive officer of Ford Motor Company. I shared that with you tonight because somebody needs to know that when somebody tell you it's impossible, Nothing shall be impossible to them that believe. I'm, I'm fixing to sit down, Pastor. But I, I, let me just say this. I love this facility. This place is gorgeous. If anybody say they don't like it, they got you need to write their name down and ask God to help them. Because they got major problems. But before I left Ford Motor Company, they, they put me over 26 plants. I had three plants in Mexico, three in Canada, the rest in the continental United States. Every day in the week, I'm in an airplane going to Kansas City, Atlanta, Chicago, Mexico, all over the country. I couldn't speak Spanish, so they had me an interpreter meet me at the airport to pick me up, bring me to the head of the conference room table in Cuatalan, Mexico. And I'm sitting there. They said, can you speak Spanish? I said, see. Sí. That's the only word I know that's in Spanish. And you know what that means? See what the Lord has done. Somebody says, see what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. I'm on my way to my seat. But I, I left, I left Ford Motor Company. I was ready to leave. And they said, no, we're going to buy your house and send you to Farmington Hills, Michigan. We're going to put you in the Dearborn frame plant, and we're going to make you the area manager. I'm making well over $13,000 a month. I've got, have had over 34 town cars and XJ-12 Jaguars. I've been blessed beyond measure. 
I'm walking down the aisle. Everybody, hey, Mr. Jackson. Hey, man, how you? Everybody, when I go in the room, I don't go and sit in the back of nobody's room. I go to the front and sit at the conference room. I am somebody in Christ Jesus. Stop taking the back seat. Come on up to the front. Trust God. Believe in him. Wait on God. Watch him do the rest. With God, all things are possible. Stop hiding behind doors and excuses. Looked at my church. I told my church, I said, Seth Temple, I want to buy a new building. They said, all right. I said, now I'm going to tell you. I read this Bible already. And nowhere in here did it say for me to sell chickens, spaghetti dinners every Friday, fry fish, make the kids sell Hershey candy bars. That ain't in the book. He said tithe and offering. That's his only prescription. If you want to be blessed, pay your tithe. You want God to answer your prayer, pay your tithe. If you want him to move mountains out of your way, pay your tithe. Deuteronomy 28 chapter, he said, I will command the blessings of God to overtake you. Man, I'm so blessed I can't even stand myself sometimes. I'm blessed. I'm finna stop. Let me tell you. I said to the Lord, and I was looking at this church, and I said, I'm gonna buy this church. And I would go there every day because they would tell the archdiocese was saying, we're going to give it to you. I said, no, I want you to give it to you. I want you to sell it to me. They would say, we want to give it to you. No, I don't want you to give me nothing. I want to buy it. Found out they were trying to sell it to Walmart. And so they went on with they, what they did. I went to the meeting. I told Walmart executives. I stood at the mic. I said, giants do fall. And that giant fell right that night. City council voted them no. But God said, I got something else for you. Carried me to another building. I'm on my way. And when I got there, it was on the market for $1.5 million. And I said, Lord, I, I don't want to borrow nothing. I just want to write a check. I want, I want an old core America a dime or Fifth Bank. I just want to write a check. You, 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 you own everything. Every the earth is the Lord. The fullness thereof. I went in and talked to the manager, to owners of all of them. And I came out of there the last meeting I had, I brought them down to one point one million. Then they said, We got a liquor license here. I said, Well, we sanctified. We don't need no liquor license. So we negotiated that. And then went back and put some more. Man, said, I don't want to meet nobody with Elder Jackson and me. No more lawyers, no more real estate people. He said, just you and me. I said, yes, sir. But I told myself, I said, you know, this is not really fair because I got me a handful of oil. And I massaged it. The anointing was all over me. And I walked in there. He said, now, nah, I need $70,000 more. I said, not another dime. He said, in fact, we're going to cut this price. And when I told him what we're going to do, I said, we're either going to do that or I'm walking away from the table. He said, we'll do it. 
The Lord said, do you know what you just did? You just saved the church $130,000. I shook hands with him. I went back. Deacon Remsen, he's my church treasure. He's here. Where you at? I can't see you. There he is. I said, Deacon, we're going to buy this church. We're going to pay $950,000 cash money. And we sat down at the closing, and they said, wait a minute. There's $18,000 tax bills you're going to have to pay because there's a time of the season that it had to pay it. We wrote a check for nine hundred. $89,960.66 paid in full and we've been shouting in there ever since I just stopped by tonight to let you know that all things are possible to him that believeth I'm here. I'm here. Don't worry. I'm here. I got to fix something right quick. I got to fix something right quick. Okay. Be in business.
hallelujah, hallelujah, learning to wait on God. And that's what we got to do today, learn to wait on him. He's coming, he's coming. I know you're looking at your situation and you're allowing it to stare you in the face. What I learned to do when I had situations like this, what I would do is I would seek somebody else who could use my help with things I could do. I would pray about my situation, leave it on the altar, and ask God to send me to somebody or send somebody to me that I could help them. Uh-huh. And he would do it. And when I look around, my stuff is taken care of. Whether it be a bill, uh, uh, I want to go shopping, or whatever the case may be. Yeah, I learned to do that. I learned to get up and work unto him. Because, see, a lot of us, we want the blessings of the Lord, but we don't want to give him nothing. We don't want to work for him. We just want him, want to sit back and let him drop everything in our lap, in our hands, and we just receive the blessings of the Lord. But we don't minister to nobody. We don't tell nobody about the goodness of the Lord. We just sit around and wallow in our problems and our worries. What's going on with me? I'm tired of this. I want this. Now get up and see what you can do. I remember Brother Frank, he couldn't see. Brother Frank was blind. And he couldn't get around like I get around. But Brother Frank, Frank spread the good news of Jesus everywhere he got a chance. He would go to the BA and somebody would take him. And he would be sitting in the car with the door open. And people would walk by and he would get a chance to minister to them. He knew many women, many women. And he would give them women the number that Jesus sent them on the call. Go over there and take a listen. See if you can stay over there. Sister Linda in, in California and I, we are still friends until this day. Uh, uh, talk to each other every morning. Send something to each other on the phone because of Brother Frank. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. So there is something we can do. He used the phone. I said Frank had a phone ministry. <laughs> Because he would use that phone to call around and check with people and encourage them and tell them about the goodness of the Lord. And all kind of people came to him for money. He couldn't stand to see a child hungry, a woman hungry. Oh, no, no. A family going through, not that he really knew it. And he had the money that he could help them. Yeah. So we have to get up from sitting down and find something to do. You want God to heal you. You want God to bless you. You want God to move in your life. Obey him. Ask him, what is my work? Lord, what would you have me to do? And have the patience. Because what's going to happen is this. He's going to move in a mighty way for you when you obey. I learned this years ago. Walking up and down the street, I said I might look like a fool, but guess what? I'm looking like a fool for almighty God who have all power, and guess what he's going to do for me? Bless me, and he did. I would go on a convenience store, you know, the little neighborhood store, and I can remember the man trying to talk to me about something one day. I wasn't in no mood for that. And so I turned around, you know, and I said, you know Jesus. He looked at me, what? I said, yeah, do you know Jesus? And it went from there. And every time I went down that street, I would go in that little store, and he would be, how you doing? He would talk to me different. Uh-huh. And sometimes he would ask me questions about the book of Acts. What you say? Yeah. 
couch. We got to get up from sitting down and do something unto the Lord. And stop just waiting on him to do it all for us and just give us all our hearts desire, bless our families and friends and bless me on the job and give me the new car. I want the house on the hill with the dog named Fluffy. I won't stop it. Stop praying and ask God, what work did you call me to? What work have you chose me for, Lord? Because I want to do your will. Run this race until you call and beckon for me. Because one day he's going to call you. Yeah, he's going to call you out of this life. If you're obeyed, if, if you're good, you got your business fixed with him, you're going to take your rest until he call your name again. And when, this time when he calls you, you, you'll never go back to rest. Yeah, we're going to get up and, and stay up. Oh, yeah. So I just need us to learn to wait on the Lord. Stop being in such a hurry for everything. Stop, stop being of the world. Be in the world, but not of the world. We don't follow the ways of the world. I'm praying every day, Lord, give me a new mind. Let this mind be in me that was also in Christ Jesus. God, Jesus didn't sit around a gossiping. He didn't sit around trying to hear the negative news of other people. He didn't sit around seeing what other people got and wanting what they got. He didn't sit around with no selfishness. He didn't sit around with jealousy. Uh-uh. That wasn't his cup of tea. He come to do the will of the Father, the will of him that sent him. And God sent his son. Hallelujah. And he fully obeyed. Listen, the studio is open. Please feel free if you have something you would like to share or say this morning. Please feel free to press that number one and come in. I uh, have a request, and I'm going to get the request out uh, this morning. And when we come back, the studio is still open. If you have something you would like to say, testimony, say good morning, whatever it is, feel free to press that number one and come in. <laughs> oh, this is the wrong one. I'm sorry. Oh, I 
and a good morning to you, Sister Simone and Sister Melody Rose, and uh, good morning to you, Sister Laura, my God, baby, God bless you, Laura, and uh, Mr. Mason and Miss Deborah, God bless you this morning. Good morning to you, Minister Andrea Stenner, and uh, Sister Andrea in Philadelphia, Sister Rita, Sister Sion, Sister Diane this morning. Sister Angela Foot, Sister Anna Lee Foot, God bless you, God bless you. Yeah, good morning to you. And uh, good morning to you, Sister Sharon Slayton. And good morning to you, Sister Kim Hops. And uh, good morning to you, Sister Irene and uh, Sister Yvonne and uh, Apostle Claudia Boatwright this morning. Good morning to you. Good morning to you, Minister Shonda. God bless you, Sister Jerry. Good morning. God bless you. And uh, I see Sion number in here. I see Pastor David number in here. And uh, good morning to you, the main man holding that chat room down over there. Good morning again, Brother Louis. God bless you today. And uh, good morning to you, Brother Jermaine. And uh, good morning, Pastor David Jackson again, my buddy. Good morning to you, Brother D. And uh, Brother George West Perry, Brother Lee Hamilton, Brother Cal, he in school right now. Good morning to you, Brother Justin Gilmore, Brother Marquez Griffin, and uh, I think that's all the men I got this morning. God bless you. God bless you. And I thank God for each and every one of you tuning in and those that come through the archives and the podcast. Thank God for you. And listen, y'all tell other people, bring a friend over here with you some morning, and uh, let's see how God moves. And and I know he's got if he if he allowed him to come he he had something for him, and so we're just thankful unto him for being on our side today in spite of us. He's the God that looked beyond fault and yet meet our needs, and so we're thankful unto him. But we want to begin to work unto him and start doing something great in our little eyes for him. Hallelujah. Studio still open. And uh, if no one have anything they would like to say this morning, I will pray us out because some people might be sleeping. <laughs> so I'm going to pray us out, and we pray the Lord bring us back tomorrow morning, Testify Friday, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Hallelujah. And I will thank him for carrying us all the way up through this week. I didn't know if I would get through this week or not, or if the call, what, what the call was. Hey, but God is faithful. And so I'm thankful unto him. Let's pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for all that has been said and done. We thank you for your word today, for Father, the wolf is truly at the door. God, we thank you for the message from Dr. Jackson this morning, because, Lord, we need to learn to wait on you. You're coming, you're coming, and you are coming to see about us. As we depart this morning, Father, bless your people. Send uncommon blessings and miracles their way today. And, Lord, according to your will, bring forth their heart desire. Lord, give them their heart's desires today. Those that stand in the need of finances, Lord, for ministry's sake, for the home's sake. Lord, it may be something that they desire to get done, and it costs money. Asking you this morning that you will work an uncommon financial miracle for them this day. In the name of Jesus. And Father, give them the heart and mind to believe. Oh, yeah, that's the key to everything with you, believing. And we thank you this morning. Bless our going out today. 
Bless our coming in. Again, meet the need in our lives according to your riches and glory by your son, Christ Jesus. Do it for us today, Lord. We know no other we can go to. Some want to consolidate bills. Lord, they just want to pay off all their bills and don't have no bills left to pay. And Lord, I ask that you would bless your people to become totally debt free. You said, oh, no man. Help us, Lord, not to be in debt, but to pay off debt. And Lord, send uncommon money to pay off these debts and bless our hearts and minds and strengthen us that we don't get back into debt in the name of Jesus. Father, bless us to be seed planters. Help us to plant seeds everywhere that we believe your anointing is there. You are there and they're going to spread the good news of your son, Jesus. Lord, even if it's $10, help us to seed plant in the name of Jesus. We thank you. We give you glory, honor, and praise. Hallelujah. And Father, we ask it all today in Jesus' name. Amen and hallelujah. May the Lord watch between me and thee while we are absent one from another in the name of Jesus. Go today in love and peace. Share the good news of Jesus and give someone something of quality. God loves a cheerful giver. Have a blessed day. I speak the blessings of Almighty God upon you today. March the 23rd, 2023, in Jesus' name. So at this time, I'm going to say bye-bye, and uh, we are going to our last song of the morning. And after this song, I won't be coming back. I got a double take on it, so I'm going to uh, play it again. All right.
Right here, right now. Right here, right now. 